No one knows everything, but everyone knows something no one else knows, including you. Welcome to the other side of things. I'm your host, Dr. Michael DiMaria, and for 35 years I've been a guide of the soul. On the other side of things, we explore alternative perspectives on challenging topics, ranging from love, sex, death, and madness, to dream work, breath work, and other cutting-edge healing modalities. We live on a precipice as a species. So let's jump in. Why don't you take a nice deep breath with me? <sighs> Welcome to episode one of the other side of things. I've wanted to do this podcast a long time now. You know, since my near-death experience at seven, which is, gosh, that's 50-something years, 54 years now, I've always felt that what I call the other side of things has been right over my shoulder. And when my parents passed, you know, or what I call transition to the other side of things. And when I refer to Shakespeare's undiscovered country, I think of it as the other side of things. Traditionally, in many cultures, that was also considered the other world or the world behind the world. You know, Stranger Things, the Netflix series has certainly struck a strong cultural chord in what they call the upside down. And for 33 plus years, practicing as a Jungian oriented psychologist and vision fast guide, uh, wilderness guide, a lot of my work as a guide of the soul has been helping people explore their upside down, you know, exploring shadow work and exploring those parts that we tend not to see during the day. It also means that the other side of things is exploring other perspectives, perspectives and voices that are too seldom drowned out or not heard today. And that includes, in particular, very challenging topics like madness, you know, and the alternatives of looking at what we might call madness and these edges of oppositions. We live in such polarization today. And unfortunately, a tendency towards fundamentalism and literalism, which is always not looking at the multiple sides of an issue. My dad was the middle of three boys, and I am the middle of three boys. So I am the middle son of a middle son. And I feel like my entire life has been about being a bit of a peacemaker, being particularly gifted at helping people resolve conflicts with some creativity, some compassion and wisdom. Because for whatever reason, I've always sensed the other side of things, the other side of an issue, the other side of perspective. And I think I've always had a huge heart for the underdog or the, the one that has been marginalized or the, the voices in the margins, the the voices of the lost, of the underprivileged, of the ones who have um, no voice. 
I didn't talk myself till I was almost three. I was definitely on the autism spectrum. I would go to the piano as a young kid and just play one note on the piano for over and over again. My parents did kind of think I was autistic. So I, I identify with being neurodivergent, although I pass as neurotypical. I was so painfully shy as a kid growing up. I had a hard time looking people in the eye and and always felt I had this deep complex in her life that I, that I had a difficult time communicating. Getting a PhD in psychology, particularly phenomenological existential psychology and Jungian psychology really helped me come out of my shell, helped me realize that we all have depths and parts of us that we can't see or that we ignore. And for me, a big part of my entire life's passion and work has been what Jung called and others have called a journey towards wholeness. And early on in that process, one of my dearest teachers, friends, colleagues, uh, Dr. Bill Plotkin, the Animus Valley Institute, and author of such books as Soulcraft, Nature and the Human Soul, and Wild Mind and Mysteries of Soul Initiation, was the first to ask me a very profound question in what was considered a heart warrior practice. And the question was, do you love yourself enough to listen with the ears of your heart to all the other voices of yourself speaking? And I'm asking you that question. It's a very profound question. And Bill would ask this during a a talking staff council, which is similar to the council work that uh, many people practice in uh, soul work circles, where you hold a talking staff with two hands and the other person holds it with two hands and you look them right in the eye and you ask them that question. Do you love yourself enough to listen with the ears of your heart to all the other voices of yourself speaking? You call something out in you, it, it, it stirs the heart, it arouses the heart. And I am a feeler more than a thinker, you know, yeah, I got a PhD and written books, but my real way of moving through the world is through feeling, soul sensing, what I call souling. And we need more than ever to listen with the ears of our heart to each other. This time of crisis on the planet, we are in a traumatic, serious crisis, a precipice, if you will, with culture and nature, where we're in such an unhealthy relationship with, with nature and each other, that it's, it's almost overwhelming. And so many people I talk to today just become numb and frozen and almost that they can't move forward. So I've been feeling called to try to find a way to provide a forum for unique voices to explore and discuss some of the most challenging issues today. I would say my holy trinity is nature creativity and spirituality, or what I also like to call the spirit that moves through all things, or the great sacred holy mystery moving through all things. 
But these three themes in particular have woven their way in and out of my life over and over again. And, and there'll be some different reasons I'll tell and talk about on the other episodes of why. But love, death, and madness have been really principal themes that I have felt really called to explore that go beyond what I share in my Musitations podcast, which really focuses more on sound healing, music, poetry, creativity as meditative practices, all of which are very, very important. But I've been feeling so called that there have been voices within myself and within the culture that I have not been able to engage in dialogue with because I did not have the forum to do so. And so this podcast is my humble attempt and my desire to try to provide exactly that safe space. And, and I will be welcoming on many interesting, extraordinary individuals that I've been in conversation with to share how we can find a sense of belonging with our tremendous, weird, wild uniqueness during this period of time of crisis on the planet. There's an old Gaelic Celtic word, weird, W-Y-R-R-D, that figures into a play that I co-wrote with Dr. Stephen Lott. And we had this play produced called, called The Maiden of Stonehenge. And the message throughout that entire play and story is weird is wonderful. And weird originally meant not different, but that you had a foot in both worlds. The web of the weird, walking the web of the weird, was an indication of what they would talk about as those who were bards, musicians, poets, artists, those who communed with the leprechauns, those who knew the nature spirits of an area, and those who had the healing capacities knowing the herbs and the healing plants and trees and springs. And I think today, a lot of young people would benefit from a message that weird is wonderful. And that what I often call people of the twilight or twilighters is this not a vampire, but rather someone who is familiar with their own inner upside down and knows how to maneuver there and bring back uh, the gold, the boon from those journeys into the underworld of our dreams, the underworld of those lost parts of us, those underworld of synchronicities and tracking those things at the edge of our consciousness. You know, today more than ever, you know, in particular, the edge of the difference between creativity and madness is a passion of mine. The relationship between love and sexuality, you know, we have a tremendous crisis around monotheism and monogamy and what does it mean to have a robust relationship and, and moving from monocultures like a cornfield that's not sustainable because it's not diverse to regenerative farming, and which is, you know, you take that metaphor to other things when we talk about mental health or relationship health and moving from as Charles Eisenstein says, you know, the old story of disconnection to the ancient future story of interconnection and moving away from the 
horribly oversimplified and inaccurate interpretation of Darwinian evolution as primarily about competition and realize, and Darwin himself said, cooperation was as if not more important than competition. So I really want to have an opportunity of form a safe space for those cutting edge voices to, to share on this podcast and to dive into these topics in a way that we can explore nuance and subtlety and move away from polarization and rather find a way for different voices to find relationship. This is really my passion. This is the real desire, just like regenerative justice, you know, being able to take conflict and weave something much richer. You know, one of my dearest mentors and teacher, Robert Johnson, Robert A. Johnson, author of We, She, He, and so many other books, uh, Owning Your Own Shadow, Living Your Unlived Life, who worked directly with Carl and Emma Young. And I was so honored to have him write the foreword to my book, Ever Flowing On, on being and becoming oneself. He would always say, you know, we begin with this tension of the opposites, you know, which feels like a contradiction. These opposites are bumping in to get against each other. They're, they're at war, you know, hard against soft, cold against hot, pain against pleasure, male against female. And that what we're here to do is move from the friction of contradiction to the paradise of paradox. And that usually is a movement from literalism and fundamentalism to living a more poetic, symbolic, mythopoetic existence. Now, those may sound like some fancy words, but it comes down to as simple as a husband and wife fighting who all of a sudden find a kind word for each other and find a way to move forward with a sense of kindness and understanding and putting yourself in the other person's shoes. So my hope on this podcast is we can take some pretty challenging topics that might really trigger people and bring some curiosity, some wonder, some playfulness and open up these dialogues and move away from right and wrong and begin to move towards a vaster, larger, expansive perspective on ourselves, each other, and the most challenging topics of our time. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for caring. And if so moved, thank you for following the podcast. And if you like it, if it feels like it's meaningful to you, please give us a review, a thumbs up, and share it with your friends or those who you think may be interested. And if you have an idea or a thought or a topic or a speaker or someone you think would be appropriate to the show, please don't hesitate to let us know. Thank you so much for tuning into the inaugural episode of The Other Side of Things. And I look forward to seeing you on The Other Side. Thank you for tuning in to The Other Side of Things. I have been your host and guide, Dr. Michael DiMaria. You can find out more about my work at michaeldimaria.com. Explore the books, music, and online programs and films. And we'll see you next time on The Other Side.